A Service of Love by O. Henry When one loves one's art, no service seems too hard. That is our premise. This story shall draw a conclusion from it and show at the same time that the premise is incorrect. That will be a new thing in logic and a feat in storytelling somewhat older than the Great Wall of China. Joe Larrabee came out of a post oak flats of the Middle West pulsing with a, gra- with a genius for pictorial art. At six, he drew a picture of the town pump with a prominent citizen passing it hastily. This effort was framed and hung in the drugstore window by the side of the ear of corn with an uneven number of rows. At 20, he left for New York with a flowing necktie and a capital tied up somewhat closer. Delia Carruthers did things in six octaves so promisingly in a pine tree village in the south that her relatives chipped in enough in her chip bat for hers to go to north and finish. They could not see her finish, but that is our story. Joe and Delia met in an atelier where a number of art and music students had gathered to discuss Chiaroscuro, Wagner, music, Rembrandt's work, works of pictures, Valdufel, wallpaper, Chopin and Oolong. Joe and Delia became enamored one of the other or each of the other as you please and in a short time were married. For, see above, when one loves one's art, no service seems too hard. Mr. and Mrs. Larabi began housekeeping in a flat. It was a lonesome flat, something like a A sharp way down at the left-hand end of the keyboard. And they were happy. For, they had their art and they had each other. And my advice to the rich young man would be, sell all thou hast and give it to the poor janitor for the privilege of living in a flat with your art and your Delia. Flat dwellers shall endorse my dictum that theirs is the only true happiness. If a home is happy, it cannot fit too close. Let the dresser collapse and become a billiard table. Let the mantle turn to a rowing machine. The escritoire to the spare bed chamber. The washstand to an upright piano. Let the four walls come together if they will. So you and your Delia are between. But if home be the other kind, let it be wide and long. Enter you at the golden gate. Hang your hat on hatteras, your cape on cape harm, and go out by Labrador. Joe was painting in the class of great magister. You know his fame. His fees are high. His lessons are light. His high lights have brought him renown.
Delia was studying under Rosenstock. You know his repute as a disturber of the piano keys. They were mighty happy as long as their money lasted. So is every but I will not be cynical. Their aims were very clear and defined. Joe was to become capable very soon of turning out pictures that old gentleman with thin side whiskers and thick pocket books would sandbag one another in his studio for the privilege of buying. Delia was to become familiar and then contemptuous with music so that when she saw the orchestra seats and boxes unsold, she could have sore throat and lobster in a private dining room and refused to go on the stage. But the best, in my opinion, was the home life in the little flat, the erd and voluble chats after the day's study, the cosy dinners and fresh light breakfasts, the interchange of ambitions, ambitions interwoven, each with the others, or else inconsiderable, the mutual help and inspiration, and Overlook my artlessness. Stuffed olives and cheese sandwiches at 11 p.m. But after a while, art flagged. It sometimes does. Even if some switchman doesn't flag it. Everything goes out, going out and nothing coming in. As Bulgarians say. Money was lacking to pay. Mr. Magister and Herr Rosenstock, their prices. When one loves one's art, no service seems too hard. So, Delia said she must give music lessons to keep the chafing dish, dish bubbling. For two or three days, she went out canvassing for pupils. One evening, she came home elated 